You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Good Saturday morning to all of you out there. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Larry King Law here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 with the coach Ed Young. I am Matt Hatfield. We've got A.J. Risser on the other side of the glass this morning. We've got a jam-packed show for all of you throughout the two hours until we bring you some more madness coming here on 94.1 with the college basketball Elite Eight matchups. Got some Sweet 16 women's games coming up. Uh, in fact, literally in an hour and I think 30-something minutes, AJ's Lady Terps of Maryland going to be in action as they take on Notre Dame, one of Ed's schools that he claims, even though he never went there. It's one of your schools, right, Notre Dame? Uh, best football program in the history of football. You didn't say women's lies, basketball. Lies. You didn't say women's basketball program. No, I didn't say women's basketball. That would be... Women's basketball would have to be... Um, I used to know this. Yeah, I used to know. Of all time, would probably be Connecticut. Yeah, UConn would have to Tennessee's up there. Let's yeah. not forget our ladies of Old Dominion Old have Dominion. a great program. I'm not sure they're the best I of all time, but they're right up there with some of the best for it, sure. Yeah, before it became like it is now. It's probably I South Carolina right now, Dawn Staley. They're the hands-down favorite. By the way, I've decided, you know, AJ's got a little bit of a, of a beard. I, I've decided if I don't get any of my final four teams today, uh, Risser... That and I've got two of the four remaining still in my original bracket with UConn and Kansas State that I will uh, not shave until I get a Final Four team. So I could literally have this thing grow for another year. So you're telling me I'm not going to shave if you I still if, have two of your Final Four. I do. Four. I ha- well, I had Alabama and Houston in the championship. <laughs> Go ahead. That's actually pretty good. That was a good one. You can that cut that. Do it again. It looks really right. That's good. good. Cut that. You got that. Go ahead. Do your do, do ahead. Lies, lies. There you go. He's got it down pat. No, I, I legitimately, now my national championship, I'm not going to lie, lie, was Houston over Alabama. But I did have in my original bracket Kansas State and UConn with them in the Final Four. The way things are going, that means good news for you FAU fans and good news for you Gonzaga fans. And Oh my gosh, how crazy was the end of that game? I literally texted Ed the other night in a little group text room with another coach. I said that game was over with two and a half minutes to go. Little did I know they'd blow the lead and then win on a shot out of their rear end by Julian I, Strother, Mr. Yeah. Clutch. I said to a buddy of mine in North Carolina, the game was over at halftime. Wait, the other way. You thought UCLA had it. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was over when Gonzaga was up 10 with literally, I believe it was well, two I, minutes. I feel in. good. I still have San Diego State and FAU. So. No, you don't. <laughs> now, that's I a lot. Aren't they? I they are them. still playing, but you do not have that in your bracket. L- look it up. I have look your bracket. It up. Look I, it up. I, I will look it up. I had inside info. Yeah, you, you always have inside info. I mean, UCLA went 11 minutes and 20 seconds without a field goal on that, that game. And the Zags were up 10 with 2.40 to go, 72-62. And if it's not for Strother hitting that three, Drew Timmy, who had 36-13, and 13, gets ridiculed to the end of time. But my gracious, uh, last night was, was zany. It would have been even crazier had Princeton been able to hold its early four-point lead late in the second half against Creighton. But uh, Creighton ends up pulling away, as does Texas versus Xavier. And then the two... Stunners, if you will, the two top seeds and maybe co-favorites of the tourney going down as Alabama loses to San Diego State 71-64, 12 unanswered for the Aztecs after Bama went up nine in that ball game in the second half with a little bit more than 11 minutes to go. And then Houston, who gave up less than 57 points per game, 
just known as a smothering defensive team, gives up 89 points to Jim Laranega and the Canes. And it's the first Elite Eight we have without a one seed since seeding began back in 1979. I mean, you have to look back and say, this is as nutty as nutty gets. And two more things of stat notes. The only years where there haven't been a Final Four without a one seed in the history of this tournament since they started seeding, 1980, 2006, 2011. You remember the last time it was 2011, Ed. We were talking about this with someone last night. It was in Houston when you had VCU, Butler, Kentucky, and UConn, and it was Butler versus VCU in the National Semis. Butler won that. It was UConn over Kentucky in the National Semis. UConn won that, and Kimball Walker led the Huskies to a national championship. They're trying to get another one here as they're in the Elite Eight squaring off against Gonzaga tonight. But of note, too, the next year Kentucky won the championship. And then how about this from the stat perspective? Brandon Miller was viewed as the best player coming into this tournament. You know there's been a lot of scrutiny and ridicule and some off-the-court issues surrounding him and that Alabama program. According to CBS Research, Brandon Miller is the only player since at least 1960 to shoot under 20% in a single tournament with a minimum of 40 attempts. Now, I hate to call out a player, but I felt he was, you know, going out there last night playing iso ball. It was he was going to get his, and he had a rough showing. Got an early foul trouble, got two fouls. Nate Oates brought him back in. He sat him down late in the half, and San Diego State proceeded to outscore them. They doubled him up 32-16 the last 11 and a half minutes of the ballgame. But uh, my goodness, uh, Alabama is still a football school. They did not reach or come close to expectations that were set for them going into this tourney. The same would go for Houston, I think, as well. I don't know if they're failures. It's just... Then said they were failures. They didn't reach expectations. Yeah, well, everybody expected when you're one that you're going to get to the Final Four, but has let's go the other way around. I don't think there's ever been a Final Four. You got to look it up with all four number ones in it. Was that yeah, it happened a few years ago. It did happen. It did happen. I think, well, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it happened around 2015, 2016. I, I'm sure, if, and we'll have him on later on, David Teal would know right off the top of his head because he's, he's, that, all, he's great. That um, but the last four, what was, I think it was the year Kansas was in it. There was four one seeds that did make the final four. And that year UConn beat Butler. Didn't Butler beat Old Dominion? Uh, I think that's right. They beat them in one of those tournaments first year. It might have been that specific year, but they went yeah, to back-to-back national titles under then national championship games, I should say, under Brad Stevens. I'm not sure if that was the exact year or if it was the next year because they lost to Duke in one of those championship games as well, which was the memorable one where Gordon Hayward had the shot from half court that just went in and out, spun out. That would have been one of the well, epic endings. Based on Like seating. the Chris Jenkins-Villanova championship over Carolina about seven years ago. Based on seating right now, you would go with Texas as the number two, but I hope Miami beats them. And the team that's caught my fancy is UConn. They rebound it well, shoot it well, very aggressive. They're hard to play against. Oh, so it looks like uh, 2008 – was the, that all it four was one the last time all four one seeds, which were uh, Kansas, okay. Memphis, North Carolina, and UCLA. So it was a little longer than I thought. I, I knew it was a year where Kansas was in it, so it was actually 15 years ago. But I, nobody thought all four ones would go this year because people thought, including us, that Purdue was fraudulent. Didn't they lose to Fairleigh Dickinson, the 16th seed? And while they're on the mind right now, uh, kudos to Jack Castleberry, who we had on a couple weeks ago. Assistant coach gets elevated to the head job as uh, ends up being Tobin Anderson, uh, shifting from... Fairly Dickinson to Iona because Rick Patino leaves Iona and bolts for St. John's. And what's amazing about Castleberry, real quickly, we talked about it, it's been well documented. His dad, John Castleberry, longtime sports cast in the area. Uh, kudos to him. He did Tides, ODU, a bunch of things. But 
you know, Jack was pretty much out of the profession, Ed. He coached for – first he played at VMI, was a coach there with Duger Balkum, who was so influential to him and was with him at the Citadel as an assistant. But uh, he got into financial planning, was out of the business. And uh, I know this was a dream of Jack's to be a head coach one day since he was 12 years old. He talked about this press conference. But uh, FDU couldn't have been more exhilarating than uh, ever. There were seven NCAA tournaments as never ex- as exhilarating as this year where they knock off Purdue and – uh, Jack went to Siena for a couple years there on a women's side or a year or so. Women's side got out of the business, got back in at the Citadel, and he was going to take, I think, a job last year at Queens Division Two in Carolina. Ends up getting with Tobin, who we knew when was at Siena on the women's side. They, I think they share an office, but they're right next to each other. That's how he got to know Tobin. Goes to Fairleigh Dickinson. Next thing you know, the rest is history. He's the head coach now at FDU. So congrats to him. We'll get him back on the show here. Sometime in the next couple of weeks, maybe next week uh, during the Final Four. Your curse did not hurt him. He got the job of yeah. Dean. I had to go with Tobin over to Iona or just out the door altogether. But I'm sure <clears throat> he would have went with Tobin to Iona. That's how it usually works. And now you see people like uh, Brian Dutcher at uh, San Diego State, probably lead candidate for the Cal job. Yeah, he's going to be up there for, for some jobs. And uh, some Mitch other Anderson people. at Princeton for Penn State, maybe. There will be some others, I think, as well. But uh, – so kudos to him on that. And uh, if you want to chime in here, you can do so at 757-687-9494. A lot to go over with you as we move forward to the Elite Eight after last night's Sweet 16 crazy action. And the night before, there was a bunch of wild finishes, including that Gonzaga game that went right down to the wire. How about that Michigan State-Kansas State game? Overtime, 98-93. The little fellow who did – people did not like being called the little fellow, especially by John Calipari. Marquise Noel, 20 points Five steals and an NCAA tournament record of 19 assists, breaking the previous mark of 18 set by UNLV's Mark Wade versus Indiana in 1987. And we have a couple of local flavors, if you will, in the Elite Eight today with Kansas State, Keontae Johnson, who threw down that gorgeous alley-oop to put them ahead in overtime. People forget Kansas State not only got up a good six, seven, eight points in the second half of that game, they got down three in the overtime after Michigan State hit a big three ball. I mean, their guards were still playing great. A.J. Hoggard and company, but uh, Michigan State and Tyson Walker, who had that corner three that was key when they were down seven with four and a half minutes to go, actually hit a big shot to tie the game and sent it to OT. But Keontae Johnson for uh, Kansas State has been playing tremendous. They had that big win over Kentucky last weekend in the round of 32. So he's out of, formerly out of Norview High School in Norfolk. He also went to Oak Hill, but played for Boo Williams on the travel circuit. Keontae, just an athletic wing. We know how scary it was when he had that situation at Florida where he collapsed on the court. We never knew, we didn't know if he'd ever play again. And then you have him going up against Florida Atlantic, which knocked out Fairleigh Dickinson after beating Memphis, trailed Memphis with under a minute to go. They started out one of 11 from three against FDU last weekend, almost were in trouble in that game. They were down five in the second half in that game with 12 minutes to go. And they rallied to win 78 to 70 over FDU. And then they're down five at halftime against Tennessee. They win that game 62 to 55 over Rick Barnes in Tennessee. Rick Barnes choking dog. Couldn't win big with Kevin Durant. Texas can't win now at Tennessee choking dog. Ed will defend him because he defends all coaches, but he's a choking dog. I said it. You can all listen to it. Ed's just smiling over there. He'll react to this in a Rick second. Barnes a good dude, man. Yeah, he's you can be a good coach. dude. He can still be a, listen, you can be a good dude and be a choking dog. He's a choking dog. Anyways, as AJ shakes his head. You don't disagree with that, do you, AJ? He's a choking dog. No, not necessarily. Right. I don't. Listen, anyway, so what is he? He's been to 27 NCAA tournaments. He's been to what? One Final Four and maybe one or it's two Elite It's hard to get to the Final Four. I know it's hard, but he's, listen, his teams never meet. They beat Duke and they lose to FAU. But anyhow, as I don't want to go on that rant for the time being, 
You got Keontae Johnson, so you can root for him if you're a Norview fan. Boo Williams, people were rooting for him as well, the 757. And then you have for FAU, a former Monarch point guard who played for Blaine Taylor, assistant coach for FAU, Drew Williamson, might be a head coach one day. You never know. As the Owls take on Kansas State. So there will be somebody with 757 ties, connections in the Final Four, which continues a run of many, many years where we've seen so many. Just last year, in fact, David McCormick, who played at Norfolk Academy, won the national championship for the Jayhawks of KU. So FAU, Kansas State. That was in your bracket all along, wasn't it, Ed? FAU? <laughs> yeah, and Kansas State playing each other. Yeah, not Kansas State. I had them losing, I think, in the second round. To Kentucky, I imagine. I think Kentucky bat- I had Kentucky beating them. Speaking of brackets, according to uh, Reddit on Twitter, the very best bracket on ESPN right now went 15 of 16 on Sweet 16 teams. Really? Uh, they was were, that Tiny Teal, David's daughter? They were four oh, for four okay, yesterday. The only problem that is there, uh oh, is a problem. Is the one out of sixteen they did they did not get right was Arizona, and they have been winning it all. Oh, that one's not winning any any of the money or whatever it is against. The uh, they had Arizona versus Gonzaga in the final, and they had Arizona winning sixty nine to sixty six. Oh well. I didn't have Arizona like Jay Billis did and some others did to win the whole thing. They went down to Princeton because their coach was a choking dog, too, by the way. Tommy Lloyd. Everybody's a choking dog. Uh, 757-687-9494. We'll get you in here. My good pal, the late, great Terry Sosiski, used to say it off the air all the time, choking dog. Let's go to the lines, though, because I know someone who's not a choking dog who might have a good bracket and could win the money. You never know. He knows stuff. He's always on the money. Demetrius on the Northern Net. Good morning, Demetrius. How are you? Hey, what's happening, guys? You're sounding good this morning. Love the show. Thank you. Love it. I'm a little bit excited this morning. For one, I want to give a quick shout-out. Congratulations to my Lancaster High School basketball Red Devils for winning the state championship going 29-0. and Yeah, great year for and, them. Uh, absolutely. And when it comes to the Final Four, my pick to win it all has been UConn because I love the way they attack the glass, they shoot the ball well, and the defense is not shabby at all. Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to hear you guys talk about was I am really glad to see that St. John's hired Rick Pitino. I've been a fan of Rick since he was with Iona back in the day, Providence, and when he was an assistant coach under Hubie Brown under the Knicks. No matter what you say about this guy, this guy can coach his behind off. And I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts about that. Well, Rick Pitino has a couple of Ed Young suits, Demetrius, as I'm sure you know, or or, uh, or vice versa. One of the one that works. a couple of his suits. There you go. It might be that way. He gave me the name of his tailor. Yeah, you and De Niro and him all run together. Y'all been to a few different uh, Italian joints. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Try to keep this clean, AJ. I mean, just think, though, that Patino could be right now the head coach of the Maryland Terrapins, but instead, oh, decided, I know you're mad about instead that. decided to move laterally to well, St. John's. Well, listen, people say we might go to Providence or Georgetown. Georgetown, by the way, which gets Ed Cooley, which will have, I believe, on their staff, Ivan Thomas, former player of Ed's, who we've had on the show many a times before. Uh, when he was at Norview. But uh, before we address the uh, Patino thought with uh, Demetrius here with Ed on, on that, uh, UConn, I think he's spot on the money here. That's why I had them as a Final Four pick from the get-go. They've played better than I even thought. 14-0 run in the first half to break that game open against a very good Arkansas team that took out Kansas. And this game, this team reminds me a lot of that 2004 team that won the title, Ed. Remember they had Emeka Okafor and Ben Gordon inside-outside. When you can throw it down low to either Klingon or Sonogo, who Sonogo is really good at 6-9, he showed off better touch and skill than I realized and even a couple nice passes inside on the interior but then you can kick it out to Jordan Hawkins who's had a couple of rough first halves 
but was on point to begin that Arkansas game. He can bury it from three. They've got the inside-outside mixture. they got a key transfer from Tristan Newton, who came from East Carolina, got to watch him last year at the Myrtle Beach tournament broadcast in the ODU men's game, and he was good then. He's been steady for them in the backcourt. They have a lot of weapons, and when they're on their A game, they probably have the most potential in this tournament. Although I'd caution, we'll bring this up to David Teal when he comes on the show later, uh, and a couple of our coaches will have on the show later, that Gonzaga will not be intimidated by the inside power because they out-rebounded UCLA 50-26. to That is a darn good game tonight, and the winner of that game might win the whole thing. Yeah, I could easily see that. Both, both sides have all kind of things you could point to. UConn is just so impressive. You, you hit it on the head there, inside-outside. Gonzaga is probably the most efficient team with the ball on offense. They always get the shot they want, and then they're very steady on defense. They don't look like it. But that team, you know, as a coach, it's just so nice to watch because you don't have to go crazy. You just sit there, let them play. You did all your work in practice. They just work so well. Reminds me, very similar to Duke. Duke, Duke is known to mm-hmm. do that, too. You, you get sm- really smart kids that are focused. UConn just rebounds the ball so well. They do. And that's going to be a great battle. And Drew Timmy, I know I've been a little critical as far as not thinking he's a big-time pro, which I'll maintain. Someone call him Kevin either. McHale. He's more Tyler Hansborough to me than Kevin McHale, but he's a tremendous college player. 36 points, 13 rebounds. He's got the ability to score you know, left hand over right shoulder. You, you name it. But in Strother's clutch on the outside, they know how to get a basket. And this is not Mark Few's most talented teams. He's had guys like Chet Holmgren. He's had Brandon Clark. He's had Jalen Suggs. He's had some lottery picks, first-rounders, and more talented teams. But watch this be the team go get it done as they're a slight underdog to a UConn team that's won its first three tournament games by at least 15 points in this tournament. That's going to be a showdown tonight worth uh, a price of admission, and, and those watching at home are going to get every bit their uh, entertainment value, I think. Uh, going back to Demetrius, talked about Patino, great yeah. hire, great hire by St. John's. I think Patino's still got a whole lot left in the tank. He's a New York guy. He's going to open up those um, recruiting lines back into the city. But then again, we say that, but it's the transfer portal that's the key thing in recruiting. You know, I, I've been a Patino fan since I met him years ago, when my f- first few years in coaching. Um, you know, people say he's he's a crook and whatever. He's not. He's not. Now, what happened at Louisville? I have to put some blame on him. It's it's hard to say he didn't know what was going on when they had that scandal with the, uh, um, the um, I guess you could say prostitution. I read the book and it's just amazing um, the details of how that went involving Andre that. McGee and everything. Yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't pretty. But I mean, whether you like him or not, I think your your main point is this: the guy can coach his tail he, off. He can he's, coach. He's and, and the thing coach. about with the lady in the restaurant, and he's not. And by the way, that. he's not the only guy that's got some shade in his past. There's some others that haven't been caught yeah. that have some shade as well. Don't forget the lady that, that tried to get him down, taken down was she got. Uh, indicted for blackmail. Had Patino had nothing wrong to do with that. I mean, maybe some of his actions were a little different being a married man and all that, but <laughs> he's one of the best, if not the best coach around, and uh, he still has it in him. He'll do well. People want to play for him. It's a tremendous X and O guy. He's a UB Brown guy. We've got some of the best coming on the show today. We've got a couple of Hall of Famers, a national champ, a state champ at uh, 10, check that, at 11.25. It'll be John Krikorian of national champion Christopher Newport. The men of CNU won a national title last week in thrilling fashion. Division three ranks. Their women are going for a national title next weekend. So we'll talk with the real Coach K at 11.25 this morning, 11.05 a.m. It'll be Mike Rhodes, head men's basketball coach of the Atlantic 10 tournament champion, VCU Rams. The Rams of Virginia Commonwealth went dancing yet again. We'll also be talking with the Virginia Sports Hall of Famer David Teal, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, coming up at about 10.45 this morning to get his thoughts on the NCAA tournament. One ACC team still alive, and that is Miami. 
with Coach Jim Laranega and the Canes. We'll be in Elite Action, Elite Eight Action tomorrow versus Texas. So we'll get DT's take on that. But coming up next, the head coach of the 13-time state champion, Princess and Lady Cavaliers. He's a VHSL Hall of Famer, Darnell Dozier. That's next here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. It is Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, brought to you by Larry King Law. Engineer in action, you call 757-INJ-U-R-E-D for Larry King. With the coach, Ed Young, I am Matt Hatfield, and Ed, we're pleased to be joined by a special guest. He is known as the ringmaster across the Commonwealth of Virginia and all throughout Hampton Roads, now with 13 state championships, nine in the past 10 seasons. He's been to the title game, I think, now 16 times, and his Lady Cavs polishing off another great season as they got it done in the final round over the LC Bird Skyhawks 53-45 to at VCU just a couple weekends ago. We were there to call it on the NFHS network. His team going 26-1. He's now 712-57 and overall. We say hello to the VHSL Hall of Famer, Darnell Dozier. Congrats, Coach. It doesn't get old, does it? No, it doesn't. Good morning. Morning, Darnell. Morning, Coach. How are you today? I feel good. Feel good. Well, we're running out of places for you to put these rings at. You've got both hands covered, now a couple of toes, probably got one around your neck. What do you do when you get past all the fingers and toes and, and you can't put more jewelry around your neck, can you? Uh, yeah, but I, I give them to my daughter that her wear them, so she feels good about it, and that's about it, you know, but it's nice to get them, though. How different will ring 13, I'm sure you haven't gotten it all engraved in, in, in your possession yet, look from ring number one? <laughs> More expensive. <laughs> I imagine that. <laughs> but it, it's just going to be something. Yeah, I think I'll get a necklace this time, you know. So I, I, I'm not really you know, a fancy guy like that. Well, how much are you motivated by, and, and we, you can call us the pundits, I mean, nobody's an expert like Charles probably says, only God's an expert, but, and everybody seems to think, we even, we're guilty of it, you know, it's going to be probably Minchville, the Reign State champ, or Norview, or somebody else, and we always remind, especially Ed here, says you can never count out Darnell Dozier, the guy has forgotten more basketball than people know, but you hear that your team is down double digits in a state quarterfinal at Norfolk State, you're behind early against Minchville. And somehow, some way, in a year where you're not supposed to win it, with so many youngsters around your standout, which we'll get to in a little bit, in Zakiah Stevenson, you find a way. Does is that what fuels you to keep coming back and doing this year after year? I just love the girls and love basketball, but I said early on, I said we're gonna win it this year. There's no doubt. I, I looked at my team and I turned my back. I said, oh, God, I didn't put my hand on the line that time, but I was confident we would win it. I told the newspaper guy that I said we're gonna win it. What made you so confident early on that you could or indeed would win it? Because we play one thing most teams forget, that we play great defense. You know, and the young kids were buying into playing that defense because they couldn't shoot well or they couldn't handle the ball well. But they were buying into the defensive part of the game. But Darnell, as I watch this, this squad play, and I know I talked to you briefly over there at Norfolk State, and you had some kids, you actually had some people injured most of the year, correct? Some key people. Yeah. <laughs> Last couple of years, we had a lot of injuries. We had two starters injury. Uh, I mean, at least one. One could have been, but you can't 
you got to play what you got. You know, we had the six freshmen, and they were all hustle. We had a couple of kids came back that knew the game. And then we had Kaya, who run the game. So you do put the pieces in the place, you win. Now, with Kaya, the thing that impresses me, sitting there courtside now watching two games, she's such a traffic cop leader on the floor. She directs her teammates. She's talking to them offense and defense, inbound plays. She just, you know, and as a coach, she just love that so much. In the past, we've known your team to be the type of team that has, you know, like an Elizabeth Williams in there, somebody, a tall, slender girl that can really clean up the middle. You didn't really have that this year. So your overall defense had to be strong, and it's and you highlighted at the beginning of the conversation that you hung your hat on that defense, and that's what really showed it, that you got those young girls to really buy into it. But I like to think that uh, Stevenson was the, was your ringleader for that defense also. Yeah, you got to get the top dog to buy into it, and the rest will follow, you know. I talked to her early on. I said, hey, you got to talk to these young girls. They don't know. And she said, I'll do my best, Coach. And I think she did a great job, you know, orchestrating them where to go, when to go. The main thing is she played defense herself. Because if your leader played defense, everybody else will follow in suit. And I was going to say, you know, people ask me as a coach, sometimes our def- I've had people say, hey, Coach, you need, you need me to come in and help you work with a defense. looks like you guys can't stop anybody. I said, no, we don't, we don't talk defense in practice. We don't worry about it. We don't box. I want to do none of that crap. And, and we spend 99% of the practice on it. How do you, is there anything you do or anything that you lead yourself to to get uh, uh, your kids to really buy into that defense? Because, again, you know, you, you hold a team to, what was it, 31 points? <clears throat> State finals, you only, you only allowed 31 points a game and you're averaging 63. How do you keep people down so well? Well, most of all, uh, most kids, especially girls, I say, don't let anybody to play defense in their face. Now, they can stand out there and shoot those threes, and they can drive. If you start putting a body on them, they like to back away. And I told the kids that. I said, if we get out there and get physical without fouling, we can beat 90% of the teams in this area. And they looked at each other like, defense. These young kids don't want to play defense. When they come out of middle school, they don't want to play defense. When they come from AAU, they don't want to play defense. They just want to shoot. Well, that wasn't going to happen at PA, so. I, they bought into it after a while, after a couple of games, and the bench got to them. They played, and they were happy to play. We're talking with Darnell Dozier, head girls basketball coach of the Princess Anne Cavaliers, who get it done yet again, their 13th state championship as they beat L.C. Bird 53-45. to Had a brief deficit in that game in the fourth quarter, rallied to win it. And Coach Dozier now with, as we mentioned, 712 wins compared to just 57 losses. That's over a 92% winning percentage. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. And going to that L.C. Bird game, a little bit of familiarity there. And, and you know what? You've played them before in the playoffs. You know Coach Chevette Wallace got a great program. Kaya Smith leading the way for them, who's headed to Navy. Uh, and they had beaten Glenn Allen twice, who handed you your only loss. What was the key in that game besides the defense late? What were the things you sort of harped on to get the team to have a chance to win that game and knowing they were going to try to stop Stevenson, which is easier said than done. Well, I played them before the previous years and they have the same style, so do we. But they were quick. They were really quick. And we hadn't played nobody quite that quick. Most people we play got a big in the middle that can't get up and down the floor too well or they had some kids that just wasn't that quick. And I told the kids, I said, this might be a bigger challenge than we think because, you know, if kids look at it, they say everybody's the same size as they are. They figure they can beat them. 
but I, I had to put that in their head. So they went out there and they played really well. I thought, you know, I really love this team. I mean, I really love this team, but a lot better than I love some of the teams that I've had six and seven Division One players on. But this team only has one, and they they just play hard. They listen. They'll listen to you now. This is the first time in years they get team that everybody listens to you, and everybody listens to Kaya. She sets this pace. We play the game, and that's how it goes. You mentioned everyone listening to Kaya. She came back middle of her junior year to you all at Princess Anne High School. Goes over 1,000 points in the state championship game where she finished up with 24 points, five steals, three assists in that win. Coach averaged over 16 points, nearly seven steals a game, 6.1 assists, and 4.8 rebounds per game. What was the motivating factors for her? Because, all right, she's already signed to play her college basketball in the SEC at Ole Miss. You know, all right, I've been here, been there. Was it the fact that last year she was chosen second team All-State, not first team, go get player of the year and go get a ring after losing last year in the quarterfinals to Norview? Is that what pretty much kept that chip on her shoulder? Basically, I told her, I said, you know, you're the best player in the state. I think I said, not because you're on my team or, or this team particular. I'm like, you got to go get it this year. She looked at me and she says, and she looked at the team. This is about the first or second day of practice. She looked at the team and said, I'll do my best, Coach, but look. And I just say, I just laugh, you know. I said, they can do it. I said, you got to put it in their head and they can do it. And if you do that, you're going to be state player of the year. I said, no doubt. She said, you think so? I said, I know so. And that's what we took it to. When you I'm get, so happy for her. I'm really so happy. Yeah, when you get a leader that buys in like that as a coach, and you've had so many over the years, Ed mentioned about Elizabeth Williams, you've had Godiva Hubbard, Zaria Wiggins, Sharice Graham. We go on a list of all the standouts you've sent to the Division One levels. Uh, is it something that, that you notice right away, or do you have to kind of mold them to get that way to where they buy and everybody respects them as a leader? Sort of take me through that process if you can. Well, you know, when I see them in the freshman class, I said, y'all have never been nowhere like this. You've never played, never practiced nowhere like this. I said, this is going to be a lot different. Some of you will make it. Some of you will fail. We don't want any failures here, so we want everybody to play. It's a school known all over the states everywhere in the country. We've been top ranked, nationally ranked, everything. I says, don't come here and not think that you don't have to play. You really have to play. You have to play year to year to keep your job. And most kids buy into it. The ones that don't buy into it, well, you know what happens there, but it's always going to be one or two, but I'm proud of what I've had, what we have accomplished at PA. And then everybody, when you're worldwide, everybody know you. It's easy for kids to play hard because they know they have to play. Now, coaches, as you, you win this title, you, I know you take some time off. How Take us through what your program will do now in terms of uh, getting ready for next year. Like, what, What's the process all the way up? Oh, we can play tomorrow if we have to. We haven't stopped. We still work out. We, I mean, they do on their own. I don't have to be there. They go and work out. Captains will call everybody together. They've done it this week. And, and that's a real. that's what you call a real team. When the coaches don't even have to be there, they can go work out. Of course, I'm in the building. Uh, the other coaches are in the building, but they'd be out there on the track. They'd be running in the weight room. They just, they haven't never stopped. They took about a week off, and that was it. Now, see, now right there, there's a difference. Because most teams, you got to go chase them to get in the gym. you got to pound them into play. they got all kind of excuses. You know, they're going to AAU. They're going to whatever. But when you have a team like that. That's only if coaches let them do that. I, I don't I, I don't mind them playing AAU, but to me, AAU gets a chance for more injuries because they don't work out as much. They don't take care of themselves. And the injuries that I've gotten so far the last two or three years came from AAU. 
and I don't like it, but it's not too much I can do about it. Well, Coach, in our last couple minutes with you, uh, I guess what would you tell the the community from uh, Hampton Roads here and those that support Princess Anne girls basketball? You got a pretty large and loyal following, and and you continue to do this year after year. And I know you don't take it for granted because you know when you lost one of those years in the state playoffs, I forget if it was Lake Taylor or Forest Park, you came back with a vengeance and. You know, you had this run where you won eight consecutive that was snapped last year. You get the championship yet again, and um, certainly this is a run of greatness that I imagine has to mean an awful lot to you, everyone there at Princess Anne, and certainly it's going to be hard to have anyone ever duplicate this again. Well, I think it's called work, work, work. That's what it's called. You know, you got to love what you do. You got to love your kids, most of all, especially when you got young ladies. You got to show interest that you care about what happened to them, their future, and everything. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But at Princess Anne, so far it's worked, and I'm still good at it. I think, and they were really good at it this year. So I, my team was way, way undermanned and in the class. They were first day I saw them, I thought they were just horrible. But as time went on, they got better and they listened. That was the main thing. They listened. Well, everyone is loving what they're seeing out of Princess Anne girls basketball. Yet another state championship, 13 and counting for the man that's going to probably get to 800, 900, and dare we say 1,000 wins before he hangs it up. He's got plenty more years left in him, the VHSL Hall of Famer, <laughs> Darnell Dozier. Preseason favorite already. I already put it out there. You already put it out there. Number All right. 14 coming. Well, well, listen, we already put it out there, too. We don't put our stamp on it for next year. Come and get us if you think you can beat us. Well, listen, Ed always tells his coaching counterparts, Darnell, when uh, he goes ready for a game, hey, winner buys. It's a good thing they don't, that you don't have that with your counterparts because you'd be betting a lot of meals at this point. <laughs> well, I don't eat that much, so they would have got out the best way. So, But, you know, it's, it's, it's about pride. Now, I tell my kids when you come to you, you got to keep the pride up. You can't lose. You don't want to be the first one to lose. Well, they're beaming with pride, uh, ear to ear, to state champion Cavaliers of Princess Anne High School, Zakiah Stevenson, the Ole Miss signee, the state player of the year and the state coach of the year, yet again, Darnell Dozier. Congrats on a great job. It was really a treat to call and watch your team play, and uh, all the best to you. Enjoy the summer. I'm sure we'll see you at the Bootplex sometime during the spring or summer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got all a vacation right. in Bermuda planned? What do you mean, maybe? Maybe. I, I got grandkids, man. I got to keep them happy, too. So, you know. I'll be there, of course. I, yeah. I don't my kids to be there. Somebody will be there looking at them, of course. So you know, we got good. We got really good coaches now. You know, we've always had really good assistants, so they'll be there. Listen, listen, Ed. That just means when he says grandkids, that means he just got trips to go to Bush Gardens, the water park, Chuck E. Cheese, all those places. That's all that means. That's what keeps That's him all. going, baby. That's what keep it. Just keep it going, Darnell. You're an inspiration to a whole lot of people. Yeah, especially this. Elderly people and senior citizens, I tell them, keep on doing what you're doing. Don't stop. That's right. If you love it, why stop? Exactly right. That's right. Thank you, Coach. Congrats and all the best. Thank you so much for having us. You bet. I enjoyed y'all now. That is the very best in girls basketball. Darnell Dozier, another state championship for his Lady Cavaliers. It's unbelievable the run of dominance, excellence, and success he's had and built there at PAHS. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. they're, They're already, everybody's playing for second place. Coming up next, another one of the very best. He's the Virginia Sports Hall of Famer from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. David Teal to talk college basketball and all the madness. It's coming your way next on 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. 
This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Back here on this final Saturday of March 2023. We hope you're enjoying all the madness that you've been listening to here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 through our friends at Westwood One. We've got some games coming up tonight in the Elite Eight, which include in the East in New York, FAU taking on Kansas State. And then the West in Vegas, UConn versus Gonzaga. And here to break all of it down with us, including one team left from the Atlantic Coast Conference. He's one of the very best when it comes to covering college sports and beyond in the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We just work on Richmond.com. He is the Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, David Teal with us. David, we usually bring you on this time of year and we say, how's Tiny Teal's bracket compared to you and your wife Jill's? Well, I already know the answer because I think Tiny Teal has a better bracket than you, me, Coach Young, and in fact, probably all of her mates at the school have a better bracket if they fill one out than all three of us as well. She did until last night, Matt, because her national title game was Houston and Alabama. Oh, so was mine. <laughs> Terrible. Well, I've got two Final Four teams left with Kansas State and UConn, but I have 0.001% confidence in all of that. And you've been covering this tournament for an awful long time, David, involving ACC teams and those outside the Atlantic Coast Conference. And this is the first time since the seeding process we have no number one seeds alive for the Elite Eight, let alone the Final Four, the Elite Eight. Um, have you ever seen a tournament where, I mean, I look at the the lines for this weekend, there's not a team, I believe, favored by more than four points in any of the games. No, and that includes a nine seed in the Elite Eight with Florida Atlantic. Right. And, you know, they're only a slight underdog to K-State at the Garden. And, yeah, Matt, as crazy as it sounds, and I don't believe it'll happen, but we could have a national title game between Miami and Florida Atlantic. <laughs> Just move it from Texas to Florida, right? And go to the Sunshine right. State. Just play, just play it outside in Boca. Hey, listen, Boca's a nice place. I've gotten to go there with the OD women traveling last year when they were Conference USA rivals then before they moved to the Sun Belt. Before I turn it over here to Ed, uh, David, so far, uh, give me game of the tournament for you to this point and play of the tournament. I think the play has got to be that Julian Strother three out of another orbit, right? And it's probably the game of the tournament, too. Yeah. I mean, Gonzaga, UCLA, you know, sign me up every season. I mean, that's, what, three times they've met in March Madness and they deliver every time. And, you know, going back to the 21 Final Four in the bubble and Indy and then the other night. I mean, just remarkable. You know, and then you've got Early Dickinson knocking out Purdue. David, I got to ask you, you're the expert. People ask me because I coach high school ball, and I tell them I coach high school ball. Why so many upsets? People say the portals. People say some of the teams we don't hear much of. We don't see them on TV much, but they're very good. Uh, transfers. This team's older. Where, where do you, what do you look at? Is it just, hey, right time, right moment? What, what do you look at, David? Well, it's all the above, Ed. It is right time, right moment. It is the portal. And it's the, it's the extra COVID year. So many athletes have taken advantage of that fifth or sixth, in some cases, seventh year of eligibility because of the bonus COVID year. And teams are older. And they can get better faster. So that's, that, in my mind, without question, has contributed to the madness of this tournament. And I think when you see 
four all four number ones out. It's just it's you just don't hear that much. And I, and I just tell people it's really we don't see all the teams. We just you know we know the Atlantic Coast the five the Power Five conferences, but there's so many good teams, so many good players out there, and it's worked to parity. And, and of course, as we've said, that portal is really if you don't know how to recruit the portal, you're in trouble. Oh, completely. And you're going to you're going to lose players to the portal regardless of who you are. But you've got to turn around and gain some and gain the right ones and then be able to mesh them with your team. And there's no better example of that than Miami. Where would Miami be without Northshot, O'Meara, and Nigel Pack? They've been terrific. And to follow up on that, David, they lose some key pieces from a year ago. You think about when he had Jim Laranega, uh, the likes of Sam Wardenberg and Charlie Moore uh, from an Elite Eight team. Also, Cam Augusti, can't forget about him, averaging over 17 points per game. He has the ACC player of the year in Isaiah Wong. And even someone from the Commonwealth he gets in Jordan Miller, who played at Loudoun Valley High School up there in Northern That's Virginia. Great. He comes in from George Mason, and he's been – Laranega said it. He thinks he's the most underrated player in the country. He and O'Meara's efficiency numbers are off the charts. They just shoot it at such a high percentage. They rebound and they defend. They've been invaluable. Yeah, and before I let Ed back, jump back in here, David, that game last night stunned me. Besides the Alabama-San Diego State game, which I thought was over when Bama was up nine in the second half, certainly Brandon Miller did not have a great tournament showing. There was a lot of stuff you know, surrounding him in that program off the court, as we well know, and has been documented and will continue to be documented even after this tournament is over. But I mean, Houston gives up less than 57 points per game, I believe it is. Their defense can be downright smothering. They just shut down Auburn in the second half. And Miami just got better and better and better offensively in that game, and it was just amazing to watch. They never had a let-up. I think they shot 56%, Matt, in the second half. And they only committed five turnovers. That, my friend, is a winning formula. And, and David, again, again, going back to what I was talking about with this recruiting stuff, and I've talked with a couple of assistant coaches this week on the college level about some players that, and they even made a mention that some teams really need to uh, reevaluate how they recruit the portal. In your estimation, what needs to be done by some of these teams? You know, you get Virginia loses to a Furman team. I just didn't see it coming. Uh, people say, well, you know, Virginia has trouble scoring at times. They go into draughts. Is 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 this where teams got to have to? You know, North Carolina, I really thought going into the season, North Carolina, a lot of a lot of publications picked them as the preseason number one. They didn't even make the tournament. Right. Now the first preseason number one not to make the tournament in the 64-team era, and it just goes to show the importance of chemistry. And the Tar Heels didn't have it. Caleb Love's shot selection was an issue, not only for Hubert Davis and his staff, but for his teammates. And it just never meshed. And that's the tricky part of the portal, Ed. It's completely a crapshoot. Yeah, anybody can identify talent. But can you figure out in a very short window how that talent is going to blend in your locker? Good luck. Right. Now, that, and that's the whole thing there is the chemistry factor. Because what I'm seeing here, you get um, guys that they're, they're, they're on their second and third team. I mean, this to me is it's, it's the kids only all they care about is themselves because they're all over the place. And then you see some of these veteran coaches look like how many guys that, that are, you know, retiring. I think some of them had the foresight to realize this portal thing is 
I don't need to fight this anymore. I don't, I, you know, Jay Wright would be one of the, probably one of the ones you look at who still should be coaching. He's got 20, 30 years left in him. And yeah. uh, he, he stepped aside. And Mike Bray, Mike Bray steps aside at Notre Dame, still has years in him. And he says, no, I'm going to go do some TV for a while. I think there's a little connection to that also. Sure there is. <clears throat> but I do believe that once the COVID bonus years pass us by in another two seasons, I think the portal will slow down some and find at least a reasonable average. Do you think one to follow up on that, David? We're talking with David Teal, the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame columnist with the Richmond Times Dispatch. Read him on Richmond.com here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It is 94.1 Priority Auto Sports Radio. Some have brought up to me that they need to take away the you know the transfer part of where you get to play right away. We saw that whole deal with Cam Johnson. We know about him, certainly Pitt, UNC, now in the NBA. Uh, I think he's with Brooklyn. I was with the Phoenix Suns at one point. But anyways, do you think that they'll go back to where if you transfer, you have to sit out again, or has that ship sailed in your eyes? It's sailed in terms of NCAA regulation. There's no way that the NCAA, for fear of litigation, is going to pass any rule that restricts athletes right now. Not going to happen. The only way that the year in residency for transfers would return is in some form of collective bargaining between either the NCAA or the conferences and the athletes. Well, and as we all know, the uh, Final Four tickets might be available for a lot of people, depending on these matchups coming up here with these Elite Eight games we've got with San Diego State, Creighton, FAU, Kansas State, Miami, Texas, UConn, Gonzaga. Take them any order you want, David. Which one intrigues you the most? And we have two today, obviously, with FAU, Kansas State, a couple of 7-5-7 flavors with Keontae Johnson, who started at Norview, playing for the Wildcats. Drew Williamson, an assistant for FAU, who once upon a time played for ODU at point guard. And then you have the big one tonight with Gonzaga, UConn. Which one sort of fascinates you the most? Of the Elite Eight games, the one that fascinates me the most, just because I focus on the league, is Miami, the ACC regular season champion, playing Texas, which is scorching hot. Mm -hmm. Rodney Terry trying to land that job, get the interim tag removed. And guys, Jim Laranaga is a wizard. And if he ends up taking Miami to a Final Four, after taking George Mason to a Final Four, I think his place in Springfield is secure. Yeah, I think we had that conversation last year, and we were we both of us were like, well, he's already a Hall of Famer in our eyes. I think people that don't believe it are just hating at this point because what he did at George Mason was remarkable. What he's done at Miami, I think you had the stat, David, what, 10-5 and five in the NCAA tournament under Larry Negro, the Canes, they were 4-6 and six before he got there? Yep. Never been to a – only been to one Sweet 16 – before he arrived, he's done it four times, and now he's been the back-to-back leadings. It's and you know you had mentioned guys who were getting up there, coaches. You know, Larinaga's in his seventies, and he showed no signs of slowing down. Well, the thing about Larinaga, getting to know him and close to his program, he has fun with it. Um, oh yeah, he he definitely he just has fun with it, and he, I don't see him. In, looking to retire anytime soon. And, and why should you? Just because you're older. I don't think there's a need for that. Um, Matt mentioned about, you know, tickets uh, going crazy. Dave, t- 
I got to believe the NCAA right now is praying to God that Texas gets in the Final Four in the <laughs> championship game because it's in Houston. Because I know they wanted Houston to get there, but they, uh, they're going to have to pay to get in there now. Yeah, the Longhorns go. Ticket ticket concerns go out the window. Right, because the Texas people will buy them up. I don't. I don't think the thing about Miami. Matt and I talked about this last night. I don't think their base fan base is strong because Miami, the city of Miami, is just so transient. You know, it's that it's that certain kind of crowd. I don't look at it as a college crowd. What do you you think they'll travel well if they get to the championship game? Oh, they'll take some students and some fans. But Miami's a bad sports town. Period. That's what I figure. Yes. Some quick hitter thoughts, Dave, before we let you run here. We appreciate the time here this morning on 757 Saturday Sports. Talking another three games, San Diego State-Creighton, which I have no great feel on who wins that game. I think it's the great defense of San Diego State. Creighton's got the offensive balance, and Kalkbrenner inside was very effective. Ryan Kalkbrenner, that is, who had 22 points last night on 9 of 12 shooting. FAU-Kansas State, both teams want to get up and down the court. I think that could be a high uh, scoring, fast-paced type of game. And then in Gonzaga-UConn, I'm really interested by that rebounding matchup inside. UConn's inside-outside. I mentioned it earlier on the show. They've been playing about as impressively as anybody in the tournament. It reminds me a little bit of their 2004 team with the inside-outside of Emeka Okafor and Ben Gordon where they can throw it inside to Sonogo or Klingon. And then they got, obviously, Hawkins outside hitting threes. And then this Gonzaga team... Don't be fooled because I know UCLA was without their two best defenders, arguably, in Clark and Bona, but they out-rebounded the Bruins 50-26 to in that game, and we know about how great Drew Timmy is inside. Wow. When he finished with 36 the other night. Yeah. And just a remarkable performance. The missed free throws late aside. And, you know, uh, I don't have a field man either for San Diego State Creighton. But I've known Steve Merfeld since his days at Hampton University. That's right. He's still on the staff at Creighton. So I'm kind of pulling for Steve and the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, I think Creighton, I think the San Diego State bubble burst this time. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of a high coming off of Alabama win. But and Creighton is one of those teams that they don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, i, I got to go with Charles Barkley. He said, whoever wins Gonzaga – and UConn, that's your national champion. I, I think that has a lot of merit to it. Not because he said it, but, you know, Gonzaga, it, here's a stat that got me. Their efficiency on possession is a little bit over a point per possession. That's unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's exceptional. But I'll tell you what, I would not sleep on the Midwest Regional Champion, and that's mm-hmm. either Texas or Miami. Well, to that point, Dave, before we let you run here, Texas, if they're playing in Texas, they're going to be the hometown favorite, and they've been quietly rather, rather strong with inside-outside, some guards that can shoot, five players in double figures last night, seven of 12 from three, 35 bench points. And Miami, as you know, covering college basketball for many years, guards win you games, and he's got guards, certainly with Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack, who just shot lights out last night, seven of 10 from deep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Miami's got some depth on offense. They can they can hurt you at all those different positions. You know, Texas blew out Kansas in the Big 12 tournament final. Texas is on a roll, and so is UConn. I mean, what UConn's three tournament victories are by a combined, I don't know, are we approaching 60 points? Yeah, it's just it's impressive. Well, uh, you going to be in the Final Four next weekend? I don't think so. We'll have to see. It's okay. kind of up in the air. And, Truth be told, if uh, Virginia Tech gets to the Final Four, I may be in Dallas with the winner.
That's right. Kenny Brooks doing a marvelous job there. Well, you can read his work nonetheless, whether he's there at the Final Four with the uh, men or women's tournament, David Teal, Richmond Times, Dispatch, Richmond.com, and follow him on Twitter at by David Teal. That's B-Y-D-A-V-I-D-T-E-E-L. Thank you, as always, my friend. Enjoy the madness. All right, guys. You too. That's Thanks, David Teal with us here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a timeout and come back with the head basketball coach of the Rams of VCU, Mike Rhodes. That's next on 94.1.